G'day and welcome to another episode of Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and today I've got David Minot from Second Dawn, a sustainable building company in Perth, and we're chatting about the future of sustainable building being here and now. And I'm really excited to have him on the show because I just don't see this being talked about enough out there. So I really wanted to pick his brain on what is sustainable building, um, what is a passive design and a passive home, and how do we incorporate all of that to actually get savings across the longer term and do great things for the planet. So lots to talk about today. Really excited to have David on the show. Let's go inside. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth Property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here is your host, Jared Mann. G'day, David. Welcome along to the podcast. Really excited to be bringing our listeners a bit of a different topic today on sustainable building. So welcome along. Yeah, thanks, Jared. Thanks for having me today. So how did you get into this field and how did it all start for you? I know you've got a sustainable building company now, but um, you don't just wake up and start a a business like that. Give us a bit of your background. Yeah, no, it's a good question. So I started building when I was uh, 17, so straight out of high school, and I started out in the country. And we did a lot of timber frame homes and like brick veneer. It wasn't until I came to Perth that I sort of we started doing a lot of the, that double brick, the classic sort of brick home in Perth. And the, the build type everyone has to have here. <laughs> I know. So, in throughout life, I've had good opportunities to build elsewhere and around the world. So around Canada and on the east coast of Australia, and it's obviously all predominantly timber frame homes in those areas. So when I came back from my travels, my building diploma to get my registration, and during that, we had to do a sustainable component. And the ironic thing is that was probably the class I paid off the most and just didn't really you know, I sort of thought, yeah, cool. All right. Just we should recycle better and use double glazed windows. I got it. <laughs> um, but then it wasn't until I had that epiphany moment where I was watching sort of shows us what the, our planet's going to look like, you know, in the next sort of 20, 30 years. And I thought, geez, I'm still around then. And it really didn't look good. And I just had a moment where I thought, well, but what can I do? I'm a builder. And so it was that moment that I kind of did a real deep dive into, well, can we be building better? And the short answer to that is, yeah, we absolutely can. So mm. that was the that was the beginning really of Second Dawn. So that's your uh, building company today and you are focused on um, sustainable building. Tell us a bit about your company and how that's, I guess, positioned in the market. Yeah, sure. So. Uh, my background, like I said, is carpentry and that was all in home construction. I had actually, previous to this, was running a carpentry construction business and we did some real large-scale uh, timber projects, notable one being the Rotness Hotel uh, Sandfire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I guess, you know, the importance of, of that project at the time was that was West Australia's largest timber frame project. And it really sort of, I guess, encapsulates the 
that it can be done here and that there is a place for it. Mm. And, you know, obviously I um, jumped on board with all the home builder grants that was available. So we, we had clients that wanted brick homes, but with the with the issues we're having with bricklayers at the time, I was able to convert them to go into timber frame and, you know, really leaning on, well, it is a it is a really good product, a sustainable product, etc. And you know the the what was interesting at that time is the the people that converted were often that younger generation. They could see the benefits of that. It was the older generation that just could not convert. Mm-hmm. They just wanted that double brick. That was that was them, you know. And yep. so that was that. But you know, during that whole time building the last two years, that's when I've just been soaking up as much learning as I can around passive design, sustainable materials, and just different techniques that people use around the world. Obviously, Europe and America are leaders in this, but um, I've just been able to collate that and go, well, you know, there are things that we take and adopt and, and put into our climate. We're just fortunate that we've got a real sort of moderate temperature climate here in Perth that that's how we can get away with inefficient energy brick homes. Okay. Um, but there's just some real easy things that we can do that enhances a home. But the predominant feature in that is, is, is it's going to be a timber, timber frame construction. So yeah. That's kind of how I've come to realize that there's such an important to do this. It's like we are getting some real good inquiries and often the conversation is we can't find a builder that understands these practices and trying Mm. like you have clients trying to educate builders how to build passive and they're just like, this is great. You, you, You understand what we're trying to do. And, you know, I think on, on the backside, the importance is, you know, what I'm trying to do with this company is draw a line in the sand, go how we built back then. We didn't know better. We didn't know about energy efficiency and carbon emissions and greenhouse gases and global warming. We do now. And we can, with all the data we have now, we can see that the way that we're building is not sustainable for our future. Mm. And it's certainly becoming more and more important to more people. Why else do you think that is? Like, what else are you saying that is shifting that focus for people? Is it just more the awareness and now all, all believing more that we have to make a difference and and if we don't look at doing that in all areas of our lives, then what's going to change? Yeah, that's right. And definitely does start with with that education and there's been so many good companies before mine that have really started a lot of this like they've done all the learnings that I've been able to soak up and then introduce into what we're doing in our homes um, so it's been taken I think quite a few years you're looking at about 20 years of people trying to build better and, and we're just finally at a point where it's easily to implement um, okay. The products are available and the techniques have been sort of developed so that they're efficient as well. I'll admit that one of the biggest barriers to, to going, you know, passive and sustainable is that there is additional cost up front. Uh, yeah. You know, you're looking at between 10 to 20%. But when you look at that over the long term, it actually it evens itself out and if not it actually pays for itself and then some yeah, so okay. so what sort of savings do you think can be made over the the short and long term 
Well, you know, it's obviously depends in what type of products you implement into your home. So if you can implement, say, a 6.6 kilowatt system, solar system with a battery unit, you're really coming close to what we call net zero. That's only if, again, you've built your home in a passive way. So passive, you know, that's working with and against the sun to heat and cool your home naturally. And, um, and I, then if you've done- I keep hearing from my uh, retired dad, his dream is to have a, a house that actually um, doesn't need excessive heating and cooling and, and yeah. is set up this way. So, you know, I'll have to keep watching this space and maybe give well, him his dream you know, in the future. Well, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you, you look at how much energy is consumed just for heating and cooling the house and it's like mm. 40% of your energy usage is just for heating and cooling. And, you know, so that's... Again, long term, it's, it's not sustainable with the amount of energy we're using. And so, you, you know, the savings price is of obviously electricity, and that's probably only going to oh, go one way. And, and until we have some major breakthroughs and, you know, fusion technology or, or other that's things right. that, you know, can give free energy to the world, which is a, a pipe dream until we, you know, <laughs> find that. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, with our homes, we, we pull out gas as well. So we don't have gas. So basically you're able to run all, all of your needs off okay. power. And again, if you're creating the power you're using, that's how we're wanting to achieve net zero. So yeah, that's a big way is that sort of stuff. You're obviously going to save a lot of money on your energy bills. There's also rebates on solar and we use heat pumps, not your water units um, that are okay. predominantly electrical or gas. These are like air compressed units and, and they draw real minimal uh, power. Real interesting uh, product. And um, so again, rebates for, for using heat pumps. So there are some like upfront savings, but it's, it's really that long term. The other thing to note is that if you get a home that is at a seven to seven and a half star rating, you're eligible for what you call like a green home loan, which you can get half a percent to near a full percent off your home loan, which when no, you take that up. into consideration, well, that's right. When you take that into consideration over long term, you know, what's half a percent off home loan over 30 years? Well, it's, yeah, it's going to cover wow. that 10 to 20% that you paid up front. So to help with that, that initial barrier into getting into it. But I think that a lot of people that we're getting phone calls from, they can afford it, but they also recognize the importance of building uh, a home that's also going to be good for them, but good for the environment as well. Yeah. And the way I sort of can see this whole field going is at the moment, buyers are starting to become more savvy and ask better questions when buying a house. And, but in Perth in general, like we're just not aware of what energy ratings are. We're very backward as a state and it's certainly not valued by the majority of buyers i can see a place in the future where people are going to be a lot more discerning on these and it could significantly affect the value of your house and obviously to go back and retrofit things is never gonna have the same effect and and not be as good as building them in and creating it all That's to be right. yeah. efficient from the beginning so are you thinking that things might go that way as well yeah i'm Definitely have the belief that in the not so distant future, it's just going to be the new norm. Mm. 
we have actually in WA the lowest energy ratings. That's on the NATAS system, the National House, Housing Energy Rating Scheme. And that's because a brick home is pretty much at its top limit of being able to meet that standard. If that standard keeps going up, I don't see brick homes being able to keep up pace uh, mm. on that. So, so I think that's why we're sort of there at the moment because, because we do have that predominance for the double brick home. But yeah, look, it definitely comes down to, to what you know. And, and like you say, if, if people are becoming more savvy out there with what's, what's in their home, that's definitely, that's a good place for the market to be. Because then, you know, I think it comes down to our industry and definitely, yeah, you know, we'll start yourself, the um, you know, is, is, is sort of highlighting and say, well, this house, you know, if you get a 1980s uh, brick home, that's like a two-star energy rating right there. Mm. And, you know, then you put that up, stack that up against something else. It's like you all of a sudden now you're comparing the actual standards. So yeah, that that would be that would be interesting, but yeah, for sure. This this I think this has to be the future, and I've I've seen other builders, even project builders, starting to offer things that are quote sustainable inclusions. Like you know, yeah, okay. they also oh, we'll do double glazed windows, or we'll give you solar. But you know, they're definitely missing the huge part, which is but they're still building double brick homes, or you know. They're not insulating them properly, so they're losing or gaining heaps of heat still, so that those homes still need to heat and cool themselves through mm. mechanical air conditioning. Yep. So yeah, it's it's for sure the future, but not until that cost can become affordable for everyone. So that's something yep. that we're looking at working on in in the future to be able to to make that affordable for everyone. And why aren't more buildings constructed? this way like is it the mindset around double brick or what's your take on how we've ended up here yeah well you know it's really interesting but it's just a story of great campaigning pitching the right product at the right time so you look at the 60s and before most homes in perth were built timber frame you know you go to old areas like west perth subiaco leaderville a lot of those homes are going to be like those old ones timber frame but of course, they, they genuinely had issues back then. They were susceptible to termites, the rot damage, fires. They weren't insulated. So they were just freezing cold homes. So it was in the seventies, the brick companies recognized that their product is actually is a better, you know, and, and that's how they, they marketed it. And that's how everyone swapped to it. It also comes down to resources and availability. We got, we got a lot of yeah. clay. And so they were able to do it really cost effectively. And then that mindset of all those things that they, they told people back then, you know, it's, it's going to, it's sturdy, it's strong, it's not going to burn down. And the funny thing is when I speak to people of that generation, like I was saying before, I couldn't get those older clients to change their homes to that timber. And they'll just tell me, they'll repeat to me this exact same things Mm -hmm. that they just would have heard in those campaigns or from what their parents said. And it's not, it's not that they're thinking, for themselves it's just that all they're doing is that they're just repeating things that they've heard uh, but if they again if they they did a deep dive like i did and realized that their home could actually genuinely be built better i think that there could be a different different opinion about it so yeah it's it's just like i said good campaign 
but I'm seeing that there's a trend that's that's happening and you're seeing a lot more timber frame and even steel frame homes. And once people start seeing that, I think that the, those those ideas and sort of almost fears around homes not a double brick, I think that they'll start reducing and people will be way more open to, to going to a different type of structure. Hmm. Awesome. So is there anything being done at the federal and state and local levels? Because... Obviously, this is the direction we need to go. Is the government behind or in front in supporting this? You know, that's such a good question. I only know so much. And if your listeners know, if there's other incentives out there, please let me know. But from what I'm really aware, you know, the the government, the only thing that they're really offering at the moment is just a rebate on the solar and the heat pumps. You do have banks that are obviously trying to do their part for going green and that's why they're offering lower interest rates but other than that there's not too much that i'm aware of in terms of the government at any level pushing for this the industry itself keeps increasing the bar so like a saying soon the minimum energy um rating that a home will need to achieve will be seven that'll be coming in the next couple of years and so that, but that's the industry body itself. So yeah, I'm not too sure what else the government is doing to be able to sort of mm. implement either strategies or incentives to for people to go passive and sustainable. I guess they'll get to the party late, and uh, if there's more demand and need from voters, then they'll start uh, looking at ways to further incentivize it. And yeah, you know, this is something that I was really watching is in the latest election, you know, some around 35% of people voted with parties that had preference for climate change. And so that's, that's really interesting to me. So I think as the population wants yeah, more that was very of notable, this, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, and then I think the government will take notice of that and go, okay, well, what what can we do nationally, state and locally mm. to essentially give what the people have asked for, which is... So how does this star energy rating work anyway? Because it could be a bit confusing to the average person, especially when we don't use it and refer sure. to it much in WA, only when you're building is it thrown about. But even then, for a lot of the times, it can just be a background concern and not even something looked at so like i said it's based on the natas so it's national housing energy rating scheme so that is a national it's not just state so it, it it's um it's basically across uh, the same across all states and effectively what they've done is they've got calculations to be able to work out basically around heat loss how much heat will this house lose Okay. Um, or gain and so it doesn't the thing that it doesn't really there's a couple of things that it doesn't do which is what passive house does and that's work that comes around air tightness that's super important when you when you're wanting to have a sustainable home and that's the other thing it also doesn't take into account is well what products are being used that is going to increase the carbon um, emission reduction in this house. It just works on how much heat is it gaining and losing. Okay. So, and a bit, so a bit one dimensional. 
you know, and but it was a, again, it was a system that was made implemented in the eighties, and it's just yeah. it, it was, I think, a really a really great system for the time, and it has developed in time. But again, yeah, like I said, it's sort of it only is working at one aspect, and that's something that I, I I've kind of learned through um, all my research is is it's not just one. You know, you can't just tackle one part of the house and then yeah, you've solved it. Tack something um, on and think that it's going to yeah. all work together and produce And the- it's interesting because I had this conversation with another big builder and, and they were sort of saying that, you know, can you be a sustainable builder if you just stop putting in one product that is, you know, yeah. quote, We're doing sustainable. solar panels now. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're a sustainable and, you know, builder. <laughs> The big one is is like Masterwall. That's a that's a real niche product. It's you know a foam board that you stick on the outside of your wall. Again, it's it's an insulation product, and they were sort of referencing that. It's like, well, if we're using that, you know, can we be sustainable? It's like, well, yeah, you can have that, but if you still got four mil glazed windows, like, well, that's where you're gaining and losing a lot of heat. You know, if you haven't got good insulation throughout your ceiling, you, you know, so it's not it's not just by having one product, you're now you're now all good. It's it's about focusing on the whole house <laughs> and, yeah. and and how how it actually works. You know, it's 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 a bigger bigger thing than we take into consideration uh, a lot of the time. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you've done lots of research and sought out some of the the very best experts. You're telling me you've got one of the leading architects involved. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so when we designed our homes, um, we reached out to Breathe Architecture. Uh, they're actually based in Melbourne, but they're Australia's like number one sustainable designer. So we thought it was really important to work with a class act like that to be able to help bring their knowledge to the table as well. And so, yeah, if you look at our designs online, it takes in considerations like which way is your house facing? Because Obviously, we always want it north facing, but you can't just buy a house always north facing, right? Mm-hmm. So there's 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 other there's other things that we can do. There's other there's other ways that we can make that house work in a high energy efficient rating, no matter which way it's facing. So yeah, it was really awesome working with with those guys because yeah, again, they just added another level of experience and knowledge to the design. And um, yeah, def- I will definitely be working with those guys for in, in the future. Yeah, okay. So just to round things out, could you? I've picked up a few different sort of buzzwords throughout from what you've been saying, and and I wanted to know for myself as well. Can can you explain the difference between passive homes, sustainable homes, and I guess standard homes? Like, how do we start to yeah think about them and classify them? And, you know, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. I wish that there was another word that could be known that makes all of that inclusive because mm. the thing is that there is, there, I have to use these different terms because they are segmented and there are specific builders that will just focus on, on one of those things. So, so oh, passive imagine is, the consumer out there that's like, yeah, I'm, I'm conscious of the environment. I want to, do the right thing. I also want to have lower energy costs. You know, they yeah. look at the different builders. They throw around words like exactly what I some of those we just laid out. But this is a passive home. This is a sustainable home. I get drawn in by those fancy words and shining lights. 
and think that, yeah, they're yeah. making a better choice, but to what extent are they? And I guess it's, that's and why that's I wanted why to I get didn't you on the show. Call myself. <laughs> yeah, awesome, man. And that's why we didn't name the company, you know, sustainable builder or passive builder because we just, we didn't want to like, um, get ourselves stuck in just one lane at all. And, uh, yeah. hopefully everyone one day just says, no, we want a second dawn product, you know, but yeah, look, the differences are basically. So what we do is we break it down into what I call like the three pillars and that's around passive design, renewable energy and sustainable materials. So okay. yeah. Your passive design, that again, is like I said before, it's about designing a house that works with and against the sun to be able to help heat and cool your home naturally. Uh, then with renewable energy, that's really about trying to achieve what we call net zero. So it's, it's the energy we need to use is also the energy that we produce ourselves. Mm. Uh, so move, moving away Going from, to, <laughs> we're close to doing it, but it, there's this few legal things. So we just, we'll keep it on, on grid still. But yeah. And then finally that sustainable materials, it's, it's about saying, yeah, we're going to go with intentional products that reduce carbon or have taken that into consideration. So obviously timber. But also sourcing things locally. If, if we can keep the uh, distribution channels um, short, so, well, then we're not having mm, to have big transport and you know all, all of the emissions that they create. So they're they're just the the things that we we do. So that's that's all encapsulated into Second Dawn. But you know you can you can just pick one of those three things and you'd still be doing a great job mm, and you, you sure. would be building a home better. But that from really what I've read, considered home that that's you know going to be great for us and and our future. Yeah, awesome. Well, on that note, if people do want to get some more information on Second Dawn, we'll pop your contact details in the show notes and reach out and touch base with David. And I'm sure he can help with your next home construction. And um, it's something I think we should look at for investment and our personal homes. And yeah. You might be very glad you did in the future when you look at the savings you've made and the the value that people then perceive in this type of building. And of course, you you can't go back and um, retrofit some of these things. So it's better to to do it from the ground up when you're building, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, David. Thanks so much for having me, Jared. Really appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Just a reminder that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature, as we don't know your specific situation. You should always seek professional advice before taking any action. For free market reports on your suburbs of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorsedge.com.au slash join. And finally, make sure you're a member of our Perth Property Investment Facebook group. To be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors, get help to your questions and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. I'll see you in the group. Mm-hmm.